Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. Here in Wallawa County, it is not quite spring. Snow still blankets the temple grounds and the higher elevations. We have heard rumors of someone who has seen red-winged blackbirds over on Cattail Lane. Yesterday, glancing out the window, I myself actually noticed an early robin hopping brightly along a receding, sunny snowfield, hopeful of finding worms, maybe, along the dripping glacial edge where the matted tufts of winter grass peep through in dry patches under the tall ponderosas at the meadow's tree line. The waking up around us here seems latent yet. It hums, still, deep within the ground. There is a sense that the sleepy earth here on the temple grounds could well decide to pull the covers up over herself and go back to sleep for a little longer yet, despite the increasing sunlight. This season is like us, and we have not yet quite woken in the morning. The cycles of the year are like us in our spiritual unfolding. At times we are fully awake. At times we are buried in hibernation. The ever-changing cycles of our lives our comings and goings are like the seasons, too. Newly born, we start out so fresh and new and bursting with energy. Gradually we ripen for maturity's harvest. And eventually, grow slower and more stately, our wiser eyes becoming ever more like a deep pool reflecting back over a lifetime. 
this present time of gathering in, just before the spring bursts forth, is a chance to linger briefly and attend the death of winter, to thank this passing season for all that it has cultivated and made possible in us. The word Buddha means wise one, or the one who is awake. Buddhism is the practice of awakening. The word Zen means meditation. The purpose of meditation is to awaken to our true essence. In Zen, the practice of sitting quietly in stillness is how we awaken. Through cultivating the mind of bright silence, we come to live life from our still center. What might it be that draws us to sit still in meditation? What is the value of nurturing a habit of silent reflection in ordinary daily life without insisting on conditions of internal or external quiet? What draws you to sit still draws you to pause and grow silent and turn within. Here I sit in my mountain temple, and there you sit in your home or your car or wherever you are, and there is no difference. We are doing the same meditation practice. There is a saying in Buddhism, wherever a pure heart is found, a temple springs up. This temple does not mean only a physical building. In the first days after the Buddha's awakening, he and his followers sat in the forest to meditate. Then, after a while, they found that it was helpful to have shelter in order to nurture their meditation practice, especially during the rainy season when most people go indoors to stay dry. The practice of Zen meditation is not ascetic. The Buddha recognized that it is wise and compassionate to set up conditions when possible to support the spiritual work within, and when conditions are not set up, it is still possible to do the work. When circumstances are such that doing your practice is a challenge, what do you do? 
If you don't have a quiet place to sit just now, what is possible for you? Conditions ripen. When something seems good to do, we readily set our mind toward realizing something, toward putting something into motion, into practice. This is a very different approach from that of making something happen. Open your heart in wonder at the possibility of drawing inward, always and repeatedly asking, what would be good to do? Asking other useful questions. Is this the time? When then? Where? Or perhaps borrow that favorite wondering of Reverend Maydo's. Now that this is so, what does this make possible? As I move into the depths of doing my practice, I may be prompted onward by any number of things, a feeling, an idea, circumstances, an example of what to do or what not to do. Moving along, step by step, open to shifting directions like the wind, carried along by deeper currents. When caught in the world of samsara, the world of suffering, stop. When caught in the busyness of life unfolding, stop. Pause for a moment. Do you notice... Do you hear the gentle sound of the breeze? Do you see the dance of the pine needles sparkling in sunbeams? Do you smell the fresh air, feel the chill or the warmth? Becoming aware of what is all around me, how may I become aware of all that arises within me? Becoming aware now, how may I catch what is deeper than conditions? In Zen imagery, the pine tree represents our steadfastness, our willingness to stand up straight as the seasons come and go, enduring brightly and reaching up to grow through the stormy winds of dark winter and pounding summer sun alike. Like the pine, we may grow rooted in the rich and solid ground of our meditation practice. I can meditate whatever my mood I can choose to live by the precepts even when I would prefer to just do what I like and to heck with the consequences. The stillness that calls me is not dull, 
dead or boring. The silence that beckons is not empty or useless or dense, though it may be all these things if I think of it in this way. Or I may see coming to meditation as exciting, exotic, or special. But it is none of these things when I simply let myself grow still and listen. When I let all these perceptions, all my resistance and all my ideals, let them drop away and just sit quietly in bright stillness. Why am I drawn to meditate? What is it within me that beckons me inward? There is a belief in popular culture that meditation will make you peaceful. This is not untrue, but it is not the whole truth. For some, it may well be the case. Right off the bat, when they sit down to meditate, they enjoy blissful calm. And that's fine. However, doing a meditation practice, sitting still regularly with a bright open positive mind and heart, this activity may allow us to see things about ourselves in the world which make us uncomfortable, upset, or confused. If you find this is coming up for you, if you are noticing a link between meditation and a growing intensity of feeling, or something along these lines, this need not be cause for concern or worry that you are not doing it right. In meditation, it is possible to hold whatever comes up, allowing it to arise and pass naturally. At the same time, there are others who also do this work and who can be a resource in many ways. We can take refuge in the Sangha. It is normal that when we respond to the prompting within to sit still, things come up. If things come up in meditation or at other times of the day, it does not mean that I am meditating wrong. Meditation done regularly may well lead to increased awareness of what is going on inside, of what I have buried of what I have avoided looking at. When such things arise and become clear to me, I have the opportunity to see, accept, and even embrace them, to work with myself, with my real self, and not only the surface of myself, not only the image of who I suppose myself to be, When such things arise, in fact, 
I am the only one who can help them to come to peace, and I have everything I need to do the job. What is it, this everything that I have? I have heard the monks saying this for nearly three decades now. You have everything you need. Now I say it too. What do I mean by this? Why do I find myself assuring others of it? Why is this what comes to mind now whenever I perceive some measure of fear or doubt arising in me or in another? You have everything you need. That which draws me to meditate is within me. There is no sentient being who does not have the Buddha nature. This foundation of my being, this foundation of your being, of all being, is what beckons to us and sustains us when we respond to the prompting to turn towards that which is. When the foundation of my being calls me deeper, how do I respond? This bright silence which calls is not precarious. Bright silence does not depend on conditions to be just so in order to appear. It is always with us. It surrounds us all. It permeates all. It needs only my willingness to try to turn towards it for me to see it. For me to see it and to be drawn into its depths, I need only to be willing to turn within and grow still. Turning within to grow still is not an escape from the world. Practice is not a way to avoid what arises around me, within me. The Buddha and anyone else who turns in this way is not unaware of things as they are, of all the joy and sorrow of existence. We look beyond the comings and goings, the light and the dark. We look deeper than the surface of ourselves and all things, and we let go of the suffering of clinging to what we want and don't want, and over and over we awaken. Awakening over and over we are coming to peace. From within our bright silence, we are coming to peace with all that we are, with the world as it is, 
with things as they are, just as they are. In doing so, we may well discover again and again that the true nature of things is both vastly different than we have taken it to be in the past and, at the same time, deeply familiar. We will close today with a passage from the teaching of Great Master Dogen, founder of Soto Zen in medieval Japan, from his Dharma talk, Shoji, Life and Death. As you listen to this unfolding of Dogen's reflections, as they have been translated by Reverend Master Jiu Kennett, look in the direction of bright silence, to where the words may be pointing you to go, within your own practice, within your own heart. Should it be possible for us to understand that life and death are of themselves nothing more than nirvana. There is obviously no need to either try to escape from life and death or to search for nirvana. And for the first time, freedom from life and death becomes possible. Do not make the mistake of believing that a change takes place between life and death, for life is simply one position in time, already possessing both before and after. Because of this, Buddhism says that life as we know it is not life. Likewise, death is simply one position in time with a before and an after. Therefore, death itself is not death. When called life, there is only life. When called death, there is only death. If life comes, it is life. If death comes, it is death. There is no reason whatsoever for a being to be controlled by either, and hope should not be put within them. This very life and death is the Buddha's own life, and should you try to escape from them, you will lose the life of the Buddha in escaping therefrom. Should you do all this, all you will be doing is clutching at the apparition of Buddha. But... If you neither refuse nor search for this life, you will enter immediately into the Buddha mind. Do not, under any circumstances, try to understand this intellectually or give it expression in words. If you allow your concern for and attachment to the body and mind to fall away naturally, you 
will precipitate yourself into the realm of Buddha. When the Buddha does all, and you follow this doing effortlessly and without worrying about it, you gain freedom from suffering and become yourself Buddha. Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart That Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings including you, wherever you may be.